Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And welcome to episode 411 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and with me this week is. Gray, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Good to speak to you. It's been quite a while. Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, yes, it has been quite a while. Happy New Year to you, too. Yes, it was last year since you were last on. So, um, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Uh, well, there's um, been plenty to watch and see. Um, I haven't been as active as I thought I would be, but um, I've seen a couple of films and seeing another one tomorrow, um, and I, I'll talk through a few TV shows. So, first in the new year, uh, all over X and Twitter and social media, everyone was talking about Saltburn. Yes. And Sophie ellis Bexer was climbing high in the charts, and even my students at school were like, oh, have you seen it, sir? And I was like, right, we've got to scratch this itch. Um, we've got to sit down and watch it. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was a clever film. It was trying to do something a bit different. But at the end, me and my partner just looked at each other and went, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> what? That, like, the scenes that everyone is talking about didn't necessarily need to be in it for it to be a really good narrative. But, you know, it was enjoyable. For Rosamund Pike is incredible and i continue to say this i've seen her in quite a few things now where i just think she is just a phenomenal actress and she comes across so well in this and she she plays like the mother brilliantly so if you have seen all the hype and you just want to sort of tick it off your list then then saltburn is a good film it's just got a yeah it's just special for different reasons um (laughs) (laughs) and then to scratch another it she went to see all of us strangers this weekend just gone which is the highly uh talked about Andrew Scott and Paul Meskell film. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So it's got a lot of talk, most notably for Andrew Scott being ignored for best actor, but Paul Meskell getting the nod for supporting actor right. um, in the nom- in the BAFTA nominations. Um, and it was really good. It was a beautiful film, an Andrew Haig film, and it was so slow and quite sensual. And there was a deeper meaning behind it. I had my partner looks at me and they went it's a bit too slow for me (laughs) I I got exactly where he's going and as a film teacher I really appreciated what he was doing and the story he was telling and so I'm not sure if it's worthy of all the awards but it's a beautiful film and definitely niche so you've got to have a niche interest in sort of like really heartbreaking drama and it's all about grief and all about managing grief so yeah that's right. that's all of our strangers and tomorrow night off to see argyle right, trying yes. to up my film intake and uh hopefully I'll, I'll enjoy that one as well i've really enjoyed the trailers so far yes saltburn is up on prime video and i haven't got around to watching uh, it yet they keep on pushing it at me but i haven't i haven't got to it yet uh, <laughs> and i i rarely get out to the cinema these days so uh, yes that is one that I was going to go and check out it's a cultural moment I think Saltburn <laughs> it's almost like everyone was talking about it and yeah. I remember the trailers last summer like I remember sitting in the cinema watching those original trailers and I, I said to my friend oh no probably not for me and then like three months later it was just getting all this buzz after it got released on Amazon and I'm like mm, okay yeah. let's go and see what they're all about but yeah, yeah. Um, TV wise um, I 
have been watching and have watched quite a few and started to build, starting to build my best of 2024 already. <laughs> um, so over on ITVX, I managed to watch After the Flood and Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Obviously, everyone again talking about Mr. Bates versus Post Office. I absolutely loved what they did there. And the drama was so compelling, uh, considering we know a lot of the story from the news anyway. It was just so well scripted, so well performed. It's really astonishing drama. Yeah. After the flood was okay, when you watched it on the back of Mr. Bates versus Post Office, you realise actually it's just one of those standard procedurals. It, it takes place after a flood in a North Yorkshire town um, and right. uh, they find a dead body. Yes, and the, it's standard yeah. sort of ITV uh, procedural yeah flair i mean which is not necessarily a bad thing i mean if you like that sort of stuff they're generally quite good but exactly um phil glenister's in it and like he gets the also featuring bit at the end of the episode but in episode one he's in it for like a blink and you miss two seconds when he drives a tractor (laughs) and you're like well we know he's a big he's not just you know so he's gonna be key to the plot and he was key to the plot very key to the plot yes of course so definitely go and watch that haven't tried mr bates Yet. I, oh. I know it's on ITVX. I do need to go and watch it. I mean, that has become a phenomenon in itself because, I mean, it's weird how that has been released and it's also started pushing the news and the government to actually take action on it. I mean, it, it became like a such a, a circle that, and it's even got picked up in the US because it was such a big news story. The drama has got picked up over there as well. So, yeah. uh, and it's such I mean, a British thing. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I would recommend it. I can see it. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate it when it's ITVX. Like we just talked about after the flood, but it's just really, really well put together. Um, it never felt too long. You know, sometimes you clock watch at the end of some of these dramas, especially yeah. on ITV or BBC. I love BBC have got that problem a lot because they have to fill the full 60 minutes. Yeah. But it was so like, oh, and then, you know, it was, you were just on the side of all these characters and I just enjoyed it so much. And I would recommend that to people of all ages. It's not just to someone who may have been more aware yeah. of the office scandal and yeah some really good actors in there as well definitely i've had my traitors fix and uh (laughs) that was amazing i mean it was straight away up in my top three of the year the moment episodes six seven and eight aired and it was just breathtaking i just don't know how a second series of a show can outdo the first series but i feel it did it's like the the drama the campness of claudia um they've really put a lot of work into the missions this time round, and that in itself has brought a whole new swathe of like popularity did you dave did you tempt yourself with it i, I at haven't all? no there's oh. there's far too much other stuff around because <laughs> i i'd come back off holiday as well so i got so much stuff to catch up on i starting the traitors would have been a really bad idea i've just i've also convinced loads of people and in my i i am a tutor of a year 13 form so i only have 10 students in my form we played it for one week we played the traitors in our form (laughs) like we chose traitors they were murdering they were banished it was so much fun it was like picking up on the sort of zeitgeist of the moment and then straight away next day we started traitors australia but we are teasing ourselves with that one because Obviously, the our traitors was over within four weeks. It was all done, and we didn't really want to quickly burn through Traitors Australia too quickly. So we have been drip feeding ourselves a couple of episodes a week. Right, um, so. Okay. Yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, Traitors Australia hasn't actually been renewed for next year, although Network 10, who make it, have said that it might come back at some point in the future. But that one's not actually been renewed, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, there is the New Zealand version coming up later in the year, and uh, we're getting the US version. Yeah, season two is about to drop, I think. Yeah, later this year. In the spring, they keep saying, and it's quite vague that they say spring. Yeah, that's hosted by Alan Cumming, but their big thing is, they feature a lot of reality stars from America. Right. Um, so they're already famous through different elements, whereas our characters on, well, our act people on the UK one are all non, yeah, non-reality shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, really enjoying that. Um, then moving on to some comedy, and this also goes into my top three of the year, Big Boys. <laughs> Brilliant Channel 4 drama. It stars Dylan Wellen and John Pointing. It's written by Jack Rook. 
Cook, who also appears in some of the episodes, and it's a, a semi-fictional take on his growing up. Uh, I know I sang its praises when the first season came out back in 2022, and I was in love with it then, but it was sort of flew under the radar. But this one got uh, an amazing release in January when it was a little bit quieter. And I'm so glad so many people are finding it. And I'm following lots of people on X and the social media, just appreciating it. And the, I watched it all in two days, but the episode six aired last night and I've just seen another flurry of praise for it. <laughs> um, just you know, It's one of the highest rated episodes on IMDb. It's coming at 9.1 at the moment. It's just a phenomenal writing and I think they're ready to to sort of commit to third season yeah. and it's just just under the radar brilliant sitcom that you know I, I would recommend and uh, no I really enjoyed that as well yeah it, it wouldn't surprise me if that gets a third season pickup because it, it seems to have gone down incredibly well so you know he's done an amazing job with that it's good to see Channel 4 doing those sort of uh, really good solid comedies you know with the, mm. and picking those things up but I also finished uh um, it took me a long time to finish it, really. I started it before Christmas. I finished Vigil. Good, but not oh, yeah. as good as season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, I, having this problem with The Tourist at the moment, which I'm also watching, I'm just finding they're really dragging out the episodes and it's that right. we've talked about it before like when someone's got 20 so episodes to fill sometimes they struggle and it's better if they're 8 or 10 episodes and I'm like are BBC struggling to fill 6 episodes <laughs> because like I'm struggling with some of the tourists at the moment like some of the the sort of the sub stories associated with the main story and, and Vigil I felt a little bit the same it just got so like she was going in circles so often yeah. and I don't think it had the power an impact of the submarine i liked it it was all drones but it wasn't up there it wasn't something that i'd be saying oh go and watch it um but you know, I, I think it, both of those shows, I mean, the tourists particularly was designed as a one season show uh, and it was so huge that they decided to write a second season of it. So it sort of makes sense. I think Vigil is slightly the same thing mm. in that the characters you can use in other situations with that because it's more procedurally, but I don't think they expected the first season to be quite as big as it was. And they ended up commissioning a second season out of it with the same characters but it's still called Vigil and it's an entirely different setting of course the first season was called Vigil because that was the name of the submarine so you know exactly uh, yeah yeah. Um, I mean there are some things I really want to see on the BBC but because I'm struggling to get through them. I'm I'm now so far beyond that. I'm like, am I going to go back and try and watch that? So I still haven't seen Boat Story from last year. Yeah, I haven't no. seen Boiling Point from last year. And these are all things I know I wanted to watch, but I just know they take so long when you get watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, I'll get through The Tourist eventually, but I'm not hurrying. Yeah. Um, I instead today, for example, I had a bit of free time. I binged the rest of Here We Go, right. um, which is a sitcom which is on BBC and it's sort of done in the style of their son has got a camera and right. it's got Jim Howard and Catherine Parkinson and it came out of like a pilot during the pandemic in 2020 and this is his, his second full season it's good it's entertaining it's not I don't think it's going to win awards but it's just got a really good start Jim Howick and Catherine Parkinson are brilliant with their nods to the camera when they look to the camera when they say <laughs> something stupid or something happens and then Alison Stebbins in there playing the mum Tom Basden the writer plays one of uh, Catherine Parkinson's brother and it's just got these really identifiable characters and it it has a lot of um sort of DNA that it shares with mum if you remember mum oh yeah that was yeah which was on BBC two there's just characters that you just get so annoyed by but you also love it when they turn up because you know they're going to bring something to the episode so I just it's nice harmless viewing just binge through that today and then there's things I've started and I don't know when I'm going to finish them so on your recommendation, I started based on a true story, two episodes in, enjoying it so far, really pleased that they're 30 minute episodes. Yes. <laughs> the first one was a bit longer, but yeah, I'm really pleased with that. Excited to see where that goes. And for the first episode, I sat there going, I know that girl. Where do I know that girl? Why do I know that girl's face? I'm not going to go on IMDb. I'm going to work it out for myself. And then I <laughs> succumbed because I just couldn't work it out. And then I was like, stranger things. <laughs> so she, no spoilers. She has the opening scene in based on a true story. 
story. Right, yes. So you saw that in America, didn't you? Uh, no, I got sent previews of it, I think, because I interviewed somebody who had something to do with it. But um, so, uh-huh. yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the first season of that. I thought it was wonderful fun, wonderfully dark and twisted. And it's such a great idea for a show. Sort of two people in money trouble start up a true crime podcast and there is a murderer loose in Los Angeles. And, and it's it's just brilliant. I, I really, really enjoy it. Kaylee Cloke, who's the, the lead in that. I feel the vibe of it, although it's a very different show, is tonally very similar to The Flight Attendant yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah. A really nice area that she sits in very well, I think. Yeah. And then I also started, this was on a train journey to Birmingham the other weekend, I downloaded the first two episodes of mm. Fire Country. Heard so much about it. Um, this is the Max Terot drama where he is playing a firefighter who is in prison and they can work on fighting fires to reduce their sentence. Yeah. But oh no, he gets placed in his old hometown and there's yeah. loads of secrets and history and past. And so I was watching it and I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to work out how it got such a big following. Is it true it like, well, did it follow a massive show over there and therefore it just picked up this natural huge numbers. I think that is a certain amount of it. It's also got fans of SEAL Team I think have come across as well because Matt Zerot was in SEAL Team and left that show to start this one which was by the looks of it a good move because they only did one more season without him. I just think it's the type of thing that goes down very well on CBS as well. It's that sort of procedural thing. I found the opening episode a bit clunky. I I think it's found a bit better of a groove as it's gone through it's not up there with some of the best procedurals, I don't think, but I think it's perfectly serviceable sort of procedural network TV fare. It's perfectly decent. I do agree. I, it's surprising quite how big it seems to have become. The reception has been massive for it, but overall, it's enjoyable enough. So Yeah, and Billy Burt, he's auditioned while doing 911. Like, he was in Rob Lowe's 911 Lone Star as... Yeah. A fight. And so he was like, that is his audition. Um, obviously, yeah. this comes in. We're about to lose Station 19 as a firefighter drama. So it's like, there's a natural replacement. Some it seems almost like there are characters which fit the role of the characters in Station 19. It's just right. weird how that seems to always happen, isn't it? Yeah. And then I started Echo on Sunday, yesterday. I went and met with a friend and we sat and watched one episode of Echo. And wow, you really have to focus when watching that. Yeah. Nothing that you can like check your texts or look away. Like the soundscape and the obviously you've got a lot of sign language and it's incredible. But have you watched it, Dave? Yes. Did you feel like that most of the first episode was just a big previously on? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is quite a lot of it is a sort of previously on. I mean, there is an awful lot of that in that show. I was a little more lukewarm on it than some people were i mean i enjoyed it and i like what they did overall with it particularly the characterizations and stuff i i thought were, were quite good it just didn't grip me as as much as some of the other things have but still perfectly enjoyable and yeah because of the fact that it uses sign language the sound work in it is very good and mm. but you do have to make sure you can't kind of look down and text something because you know it's all done with subtitles because unless you know sign language the how are you going to follow along so uh yeah, yeah. I, I, I there's a lot of that going on which is not a problem at all, but it is something that you need to sort of focus on while you're watching it. Exactly. And then Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I was one of my most rated shows when we did the end of the year podcast. And so I was really excited to watch it. And I'm just not sure about it. The pacing for me and the tone is probably not what I wanted. I I can see what they're going for, but is the measure this? So I watched episode one. I was like, okay, I'll give episode two a go. Started watching episode three. I fell asleep. I never fall asleep. It's just not me. I'm always aware, but I just drifted off and then woke up and I realized I'd missed most of episode three. So I've rewound it back and I'll give it another go. But I don't know if that's, I don't know, maybe I was just really tired at the end of this half term, but it's not grabbing me. I know there are some great guest stars coming up. I've seen the this season on Mr. and Mrs. Smith clip and, you know, I'm only in the middle of the skiing one at the moment, but right, yeah. I'm like, oh, how many episodes have you got into it? I, I've 
watched the whole thing. The um, whole thing. And yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it is not at all what I expected. Uh, as I said before, if you've seen the film, don't expect it to be that. It is very much Donald Glover's baby. I can kind of see why he and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who was originally developed it with him, and then they amicably parted ways and she basically said, look, I don't think we want to go in the same direction you do it, and just handed it over to him. And it seems to have all been fairly amicable. But having seen it, it is very Donald Glover. And it's got his fingerprints all over it. And it's much more sort of cerebral than you kind of think it's going to be because the movie was all comedy, joke, action. And this is not that. It's very much about the relationship between the two of them. So I think the expectation versus reality is an interesting thing with that show. You've kind Mm. of got to adjust what you think it's going to be in your mind i did enjoy it though i thought it was it was nicely done it's just not what i think people necessarily expected well i will persevere i really like Maya erskine i think she comes across really well in it yeah but it's it's not driving me i don't know if that's going to be sitting up there as one of my high ones at the end of the year yeah and then finally um i will talk about drag race in three capacities so firstly thank you to geek town for allowing me to go to DragCon again this year, um, which is at the beginning of January at the Excel Centre. Um, I have put an article up on Geek Town to let you know what it's all about if you're thinking about going to the 2025 one. And it was phenomenal with the red carpet. So many drag queens from the multiple seasons, you know, talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Drag Race Cinematic <laughs> Universe is huge. We were there for about 45 minutes of them just announcing queen after queen after queen walking down the aisle. And And then they did the big reveal, which we got to see about 30 minutes before it went out on social media. We met the cast of UK versus the world season two. We were also two weeks into the new season 16 available on Wow Presents Plus over in the UK. And it's going from strength to strength. The first season to give money on the BBC is is the UK versus the world season two. And the first episode aired on Friday. And I'm going to give that a full four stars. Um, And if you're a drag fan, go and read my article, watch UK versus the world season two. And if you've got a little money in your pocket that you want to treat yourself, go to wow presents plus you can binge on any of the previous seasons and you can also get loads of additional content and behind the scenes, untucked makeup tutorials and everything. I just think the drag race will have a burnout at some point, but at the moment it's very strong. Um, Some really good episodes coming out and uh, yeah, I will here to be your drag race critic at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It it has been such a global phenomenon that, and I'm so happy that it's been embraced so much just around the world. It's gone down so, so well everywhere. And uh, you know, we've got all sorts of UK versions. Certainly if you do like the drag race stuff, the wow presents plus, thing is worth investing in because it's just everything that wow produces which is all the drag race things and there's a number of other bits and pieces on there as well but certainly if you're into drag race that's definitely worth an investment i think (laughs) definitely and that is pretty much me sorry i've been talking for ages dave i want to hear about (laughs) what you've been watching especially since you've been back well since i've been back i'm pretty much cleared up on most of the things that i'd sort of left whilst i was away so i've started a few new bits and pieces uh watched the first episode of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which is on Disney Plus, which is obviously the adaptation of the book series and really rather enjoyed it. I mean, it's very Harry Potter, but then the setup is sort of a little bit Harry Potter as well. I don't know which came first, actually. I don't know whether the books are are out before the Harry Potter books or these came out afterwards. I'm not sure, but there there are certainly similarities between there. I'm sure there are fans of Percy Jackson cursing me out there, but uh, yeah, there, there are certainly some similarities. I think between that but it's a 12 year old boy who turns out is a demigod and he's accused by the Greek god Zeus of stealing his thunderbolt and he's got like monsters chasing after him that's essentially the sort of opening episode of it and we're introduced to sort of Percy and Grover who is his friend and his mother as well and really nice opening episode it's eight episodes long I'm going to be watching some more of it but really rather enjoyable they have just renewed that for a second season as 
well. So there will be more of that coming. But take me a while to get around to picking it up and they were releasing it weekly and just because partly because I was sort of other things and I was like, I want to watch this. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I actually really rather enjoyed the opening episode of that. So I am going to be watching more of it. Halo returned on Paramount Plus. That's for its second season. I know there are a lot of people that are critical of Halo, the TV series, because it deviates so far from the video games, particularly the fact that Master Chief takes his helmet off all the time, which he doesn't do in the video games. I'm okay with that. It's a slightly different universe. It's a slightly different story. I did have to watch a recap video because there was no recap at the start of it. And I was like, I can't remember what on earth is going on here because it was March 2022 when the first season came out. So it's been a while. So uh, there's some good recap videos if you go into YouTube and just do Halo Season 1 recap. There are some quite good videos which will tell you all the vital bits you need to try and remember. Pablo Shriver back as Master Chief and uh, the rest of his team as well. It's pretty much picking up sort of just after where things left off in the aftermath of what happened at the end of the first season without going into any spoilers of it. But uh, good, solid start. The opening two episodes are out right now. It's then dropping an episode a week. Good opening start for that coming back. There was a Prime Video series called Expats, which I picked up, which I am rather enjoying. It's a mini series. It's a vibrant lives of a close-knit expatriate community in Hong Kong. Stars Nicole Kidman. It explains the premise in the opening of it, which is usually when you see these sort of dramas, you're following the family where some tragedy has stuck. And in this case, a young child has gone missing, their son. But you're not only in this following following the lives of the family of the child who's gone missing. You're also following the lives of the person who was responsible for the child at the point where they went missing as well. So yeah. you're sort of following both ends of it and what happens to them as well as what happens to the family. So it's a slightly different twist to it. And this expat community in Hong Kong is quite intermixed, as you might expect, you know, for all the English speakers, a lot of the know each other they're all very very wealthy as well so they've all got nice apartments and servants and all that sort of stuff it's interesting it's based on a novel called the expatriates which came out in 2016 i think this is going to be a sort of one-off mini-series but uh, it's four episodes out of it at the moment it's up it's called expats it's up on prime video if you want to go and check that out mm. criminal record i'm still working through on apple tv there's another decent show on apple tv it's an interesting one in that it's peter capaldi and Chris jumbo who are playing two uh you know obviously a very senior police officer and a more junior detective and they start to clash over an old murder case and it's very apparent from very early on i wasn't really spoiling anything that peter capaldi is a bit shady and something went awry on that initial arrest because the whole thing is about there is a guy in prison that there are claims that he shouldn't be there. So you kind of know that he's slightly shady right from the very beginning, but you don't know exactly what happened. And they pretty much leave that reveal until the very final episode. You get bits and pieces, but it's a really good cast throughout. It's been a really compelling series. It's got eight episodes in total of that. I started the first two and then my Apple subscription ran out. So I was in the middle of a busy term. So I was like, I'm just going to hold until all of them have dropped. And I'll go back to that because I was really enjoying those first two episodes. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that the last one will drop this week. That means I can go and resubscribe and, and get oh, back I, onto it. Actually, I could be wrong about that. I think there are actually two more according to this, because there's one on the 14th and one on the 21st. It's I thought that oh, was right. the last episode. So, there's, so it looks like there's two more episodes. So you need to wait a little bit longer. But um, yeah, Peter Cavaldi, Kush Jumbo, uh, Zoe, Zoe Wanamaker's in there as well. Sean Dooley is in there. Stephen Campbell Moore. Really good set of, uh, of people for that cast. Kush Jumbo's doing the rounds at the moment with ex-Doctor Who's, because I think she's also doing Hamlet with David Tennant in, in theatre <laughs> right now as well. So, uh, yes, lots of work with ex-doctors. 
I did watch a movie this week. I caught up with the Marvels finally because uh, it came out on home release. I really rather enjoyed it. Yes, it's silly, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's but it's very very enjoyable, fun, silly film. I was watching a YouTuber who was talking about the bit which has been in the trailer, so it's not spoiling anything with the cats. Yeah, sorry, I let my three year old daughter write some of this script because it's sort of it's it just completely bonkers in some of the uh, places, but they managed to make it work. I do find it completely enjoyable. I think the villain is somewhat forgettable, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is she fine? Zoe Ashton plays Dar Ben, who is the main villain. But I mean, yeah. I love she- her as an actress. Yeah, I agree with you. I love her as an actress normally, and some of the stuff she's been in is really good. I just think wasn't powerful enough for me to be a villain. And I get what problems they would have had if they made it a man. I get that. You know, Mm -hmm. a man battling three women. So they've gone down this route and I'm not sure if it served its purpose and I'm not sure it was the right decision. But in essence, the plot was fun. Um, What did you think of Miss Marvel? I absolutely adore Miss Marvel. Aman Villani is born to play that role. She is is (laughs) so delightful. I mean, she she was absolutely perfect. It's the same as picking Tom Holland for Spider-Man. Both of those people were very much born to play the role. Uh, Aman was a huge Miss Marvel fan growing up and knows the role inside out, fits it absolutely perfectly. She is utterly delightful and highly entertaining, bounces off the other two really, really well. Tara Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau, and Brie Larson, who's back as Carol Danvers. But a man is the one that really stands out in it, and it's just amazing. I really, really, really enjoyable that film. Plus, it has an interesting mid-credit scene, post-credit scene thing at the end as well which uh, given that we've just had the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer drop last night have you seen that yet? Yeah I watched it just before I came on here because I thought you might want to talk about it so I was like I'm going to go and watch that now and I just sat on the sofa and watched it That sort of end credit sequence spoilers for the end credit sequence but it it has Hank McCoy Beast in it that end credit sequence whether that means that Monica may show up in that Deadpool movie I don't know because that version of Hank McCoy has shown up before. So I don't know if that's the case, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. That Deadpool Wolverine trailer, I absolutely love. The amount of fourth wall breaking stuff in that trailer, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, I actually put a little breakdown of it up onto the, the website. So you can go and check that out if you're wondering exactly what's going on. But you know, opens on Wade's birthday party where he is celebrating with his girlfriend, Vanessa, played by Marina Baccarin. And it's all also got the rest of his team from X-Force in there as well. And if you're thinking, didn't some of those die? There was an end credit sequence at the end of Deadpool 2 where he goes back and saves Vanessa and then also goes and murders his variant from the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, which he hated, and also goes and stops Ryan Reynolds from starring (laughs) in the Green Lantern movie. That was a sort of post-credit thing at the end of Deadpool 2. So that's why everybody is back in this but that seems to have attracted the attention of the TVA who show up at his door and basically kidnap him if you haven't watched Loki yet you'll not necessarily know who the TVA is but they're basically the people that control the timeline so uh, that would make sense that they will take him for something but there are a lot of fairly meta references in this I mean there is a line that he says in the trailer where he talks about you know your cinematic universe is going to change forever I marvel Jesus (laughs) which (laughs) is just wonderful but he's saying it to another character and then later on we see him battling in this wasteland then there is a 20th century fox logo like buried in the background so it's seemingly we've always assumed that this will be the the thing that is basically designed to destroy and potentially integrate mutants and destroy the fox marvel universe and sort of integrate it into the mcu 
that seems to be where they're going with it, but in the most meta way possible by allowing them to actually sort of him literally to understand. I mean, it's in tune with the previous movies and with the comic books. He's always been a fourth world breaking character who understands that he's in a film franchise or a comic book, you know, so mm. it sort of makes sense. But And yeah. it's got Clive Owen in the trailer. as but Not he feels Clive very Owen, much... it's Matthew oh, McFadden. Oh, Matthew McFadden. Got my people confused. Yeah. Um, he very much reminds me of his Succession character. Yes. Um, I haven't watched all of Succession, but season one, which I did watch, I just felt like he was almost playing that character, which I thought was quite interesting as well. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, no, I enjoyed watching that. And uh, I wonder if there will be a connection, but I obviously do know that this is the introduction of mutants in the funny way. So Yes, it certainly seems to be where they're going with it. There is actually one mutant that pops up in the trailer as well, other than obviously Deadpool and Wolverine. Uh, Pyro gets a shot in the trailer, played by Aaron Stanley. Stanford, who you might know as the lead guy from the 12 Monkeys TV series, but he played Pyro in the X-Men films in the second and third one. So he pops up as well. There's also an interesting thing in the final shot, just before Wolverine, or rather Wolverine's shadow, comes and sort of stands over Deadpool. If you look across to the left, there is a comic book, and eagle-eyed people that have kind of know about these sort of things say that that is apparently a Secret Wars comic book. It's Secret Wars 5, which has a picture of Doctor Doom on the cover. And it's possible that they're using that as a sort of initial teaser for introduction of Doctor Doom in some way, because obviously they're trying to sort of pivot away from Jonathan Major's character, given his various legal troubles at the moment. So the suggestion is that the Secret Wars will revolve around Doom and they will introduce Doom slightly earlier than maybe they did before as the major villain to replace Kang. We'll have to wait and see with that, but there is a lot of very interesting stuff in that trailer. It looks fantastic. I'm so down for this. Uh, this actually might be, get me to go to a cinema to actually watch it. Oh, I was just opening all the stuff about the um, little Easter eggs, and there's some other ones in there about a reference to Ryan Reynolds receiving an Emmy video, apparently plays on one of the screens where you see the TVA. <laughs> I saw, and I was just like, oh my god, what are all these little... I've just, there's loads of realize yeah there yeah. is so much packed into that trailer i mean there there is other stuff as well there's a couple of shots at the back of people's heads where people are going is that patrick stewart is it james mcavoy because it looks like it's a sort of bold-headed character chances are it actually isn't either of those it's another character which i have mentioned on the website i'd spoil it here just in case you don't want to know but there is somebody else that that quite possibly could be there is a shot of wolverine in his white suit which is a suit that that he wears it, but it's only from the sort of back bit. Clearly, it's Hugh Jackson's Wolverine, but it's a guise that he uses when he's in Madripoor, which we saw in the Falcon Winter Soldier series. And uh, it, it's a sort of alter ego that he calls Patch. It's a sort of alias that he uses. So his suggestion is that it's that. So there's all sorts of little bits and pieces throughout that trailer. So it's, it's really good. And that's just the little teaser trailer. So there's a lot more coming. But the movie is out on the 26th of July. I'm very much looking forward to that. One other thing that I have been watching as well is Our Flag Means Death, which is back on iPlayer for its second and unfortunately final season. So I'm slowly working my way through that. They're only half hour episodes. I'm sort of picking them up every few days and like watching a bit of those. But I do love that series. I think it's, it's highly, highly enjoyable, very silly and very fun. The entire second season of Our Flag Means Death is up on iPlayer if you want to check that out. That's everything we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And uh, surprisingly this week, no cancellations as far as I can tell. I'm sure that will change as the weeks go on, but uh, nothing this week. There were quite a few renewals, partly because... It was the um, Television Critic Association winter tour last week where some of the networks do presentations for that. So there was a few announcements that, that came out of that. Abbott's Elementary renewed for season four at ABC. So that will be coming back, which I don't think is a great surprise because it's been a huge critical hit that series. So definitely no shot that that's been renewed. Traitors US also renewed for a third season at Peacock. So that will be coming back. Percy Jackson, as I mentioned earlier, renewed for a second season by Disney, but they've also renewed Goosebumps as well. That's coming back for a second season. And uh, over on the Disney Channel, uh, which I think go out on Disney Plus over here, Super Kitties and Pup Structured as well, which I'm assuming are kids shows. They sound it. I've heard, not heard of them. Saying that my friends have got a toddler and I, they made me watch on Netflix yesterday, Grizzy and the Lemmings. Brilliant right. show. Absolutely brilliant <laughs> show. Like, And it is made for little toddlers. So, you know, I might get into some of these children's shows. They seem to be quite entertaining. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh, yeah, they're both renewed. Super Kitties and Pupstruction both renewed for third seasons as well. Animal Control renewed for a third season by Fox ahead of its season two premiere. So uh, that's the Joe McHale series, which I think E4 has picked up over here, although I don't think they've necessarily aired it yet. But uh, that has now been renewed for third season before the second season has gone out. Limitless with Chris Hemsworth and A Real Bug's Life, both factual series have been renewed for second seasons at Nat Geo and Disney Plus worldwide and in the UK Anton Deck's Limitless Win is going to be back for a full season so that's been renewed BBC have announced a bunch of renewals as well for comedies Man Like My Beam for season 5 The Cleaner for season 3 Dreaming Well Black for season 2 the next two are technically new shows but they're with old characters so uh, Kunk's Quest for Meaning which is Philomena Clunk Diane Morgan back as she searched for the meaning of life. So that's her new show. And and did those feet with Alan Partridge, which is of course Steve Coogan. It's uh, his new show with Alan Partridge, following the beloved and to be fair, revered broadcaster as he reintegrates into life in Britain after a year working in Saudi Arabia. So that's the setup for that one. Do you watch any of those? I watch The Cleaner. Mm-hmm. I have watched Kunk, but not religiously. I've watched uh, one or two episodes when it's just been on in the background but yeah the the cleaner is the only one i've watched religiously i've watched a few episodes of the cleaner haven't seen any of the others but i know there are huge fans of kunk and alan partridge obviously so uh and i know man like that being has been a huge show as well so i'm glad to see those all coming back over in the u.s again amc are returning to its horror anthology the terror they've announced third season which is something like five years after they did the last one i didn't realize it quite that long but apparently it is the terror devil in silver is based on the celebrated novel by victor laval or lavalier tells the story of pepper a working class moving man through a combination of bad luck and bad temper finds himself wrongfully committed to a psychiatric hospital an institution filled with the people society would rather forget there he must contend with patients who work against him doctors who harbor grim secrets and perhaps even the very devil himself again going in a completely different direction for its third season of uh, The Terror because the first one was on board a ship and the second one was set in a concentration camp, wasn't it, I think? So this is going to be the third one set in a uh, psychiatric hospital. Interesting sort of things for that. If you like your horror, they've generally been pretty good quality, though, so uh, you can keep an eye out for that. BBC ran the first two, so I'm assuming they're probably going to run the third one. They seem to pick up a number of the AMC things, but we don't know as yet. and don't know when that's actually landing. In pickups and other news... The BBC has released a trailer and set a premiere date of Monday the 19th of February on BBC One at 9pm for The Way, which is this new drama that's written by James Graham, who did Sherwood and Quiz, and it's directed by, and uh, also in a smaller role, starring Michael Sheen. Way imagines a family caught up in a civil uprising which begins in their small industrial town. Fleeing the unrest, the Driscolls are forced to escape the country 
country they've always called home and the certainties of their old lives. That's essentially the premise of it. It's sort of, we hear a lot of stories about refugees coming to the UK. It's sort of a reverse of that of what if refugees were the British people that had to flee. So I think it's a sort of interesting setup for an idea. It's Michael Sheen's, I think, directorial debut. He's directed theatre things, but I think this is his first sort of TV directorial thing. It's called The Way, 18th of February at 9pm on BBC One for that, and it'll all be on iPlayer at the same time as well. Yeah, I mean, I heard him talk about it. He was on Graham Norton just the, on Friday, and he was talking about it, and he was obviously trying to make a comment on trying to understand why people would flee their country in the first place <laughs> to try and get somewhere else. And so he was trying to just change that away, and he obviously bases it in Wales and where he's from and tries to see how they can get away from their lives. Uh, the clip looked really good. So, yeah, I'll be tuning into that. Yeah, I think I will be checking that out as well. It's a, it's a short, limited series. I think it's three or four episodes. So uh, it's not a very long thing, but um, I, I think that looks like it could be quite interesting. There is a new comedy thriller coming to Prime Video on the 1st of March called Dead Hot. It's from Charlotte Coburn, who did work on Fool Me Once, Stay Close and Shelter. She's the daughter of Harbin Coburn, the uh, oh. person that is behind all those huge dramas. But that's his daughter. She has actually been script writing and producing on a number of those things and she wrote some of the episodes of For Me Once and Stay Close and Shelter. Uh, I think Shelter she actually co-wrote with her dad. Dead Heart is a twisty character-driven comedy thriller set in Liverpool which explores family class, love, trauma and identity. It follows Elliot and Jess who are navigating the highs and lows and complexities of their mid-twenties and Francine who is Elliot's extremely wealthy traditional bigoted grandmother and uh, it's got Peter Serafinovich in it who you'll know from various things. Mm. Original voice of Darth Maul, if nothing else, also is in the tick. Plays uh, the detective chief inspector Danny as well. So uh, interesting thing that is going to be. It's called Dead Hot, first of March on Prime Video. If you want to check that out, Renegade Nell has a premiere date as well. That's 29th of March for season one on Disney Plus. This is a swashbuckling adventure series set in the 18th century. It's written by Sally Wainwright, who of course did Gentleman Jack and also Happy Valley. Wide range that woman has because they're wildly different shows from something really kind of hard-hitting serious like Abbey Valley to something like Gentleman Jack to something like this I mean that that's a breadth I think that woman has I mean it's Sally Wainwright so you know it's going to be good called Renegade Nell that is on 29th of March on Disney Plus I mean you're a fan of her so I am yeah I haven't watched everything she's done um, I'm more of a fan of Sarah Lancashire I think when it comes through but again I am having my moment with BBC dramas I'm you know if they're too long I'm getting quite bored but you know I think I'll give this one a go this was BBC wasn't it no this oh, is no, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus yes it's oh, a Disney Plus I might give it a go then Disney Plus one, this one. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's a Disney Plus one. Seems like it's going to be somewhat lighter than some of her other work. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see how she handles this. But, uh, yeah, Renegade now, 29th of March on Disney Plus for that one. Also on Disney Plus, we sort of have an air date for Welcome to Wrexham Season 3. It's rather earlier than it has been previously. 18th of April, or probably will be. That is assuming that they do what they've done previously and air it globally on the same day because that's when it's going out on FX in the US. So don't take this as guaranteed, but it's likely to drop on the 18th of April. I think part of the reason they've moved it is so it lines up more closely with the end of the football season because previously everybody knew what the result was for Wrexham. So I think they're thinking if they move it slightly earlier and line it up with the end of the season, people will be able to follow along a bit more and won't know what the results are so it might make it slightly more exciting I, I'm guessing that's the reason why they've shifted it earlier I mean I'm sure that's more of a headache for them to deal with but have you watched any of this because it is a brilliant series even if you don't like football <laughs> No I haven't watched it um, but I think I remember Matt saying how frustrating it was that we all knew the outcome of the well we say we all that everyone knew the outcome before the final episode had aired so I know that there were some comments about that being a little bit disjointed and if they ran it closer to the football season it would work a little better so maybe they're listening to feedback yeah I think that is possibly the case very very enjoyable the first couple of seasons of that it's they do some really interesting very heartfelt episodes about fans and things that go on 
around the club and around Wrexham. It's not all purely about the football. It's a really interesting sort of piece of, of documentary. Very, very enjoyable. And of course, you get sort of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKellany in there as well. So uh, yeah, we're checking that out. If you've not caught Welcome to Wrexham, it's really enjoyable. Over on some other announcements we've had this week, the Anne Rice Immortal Universe is potentially expanding over at AMC. This is the universe that includes Interview with the Vampire and Mayfair Witches. They're looking at developing a third series to run alongside with it. And this looks like it's going to be based around the Talamasca, who appear in a number of the novels. The Order of the Talamasca were were described by writers as sort of psychic detectives. They're a group that are set up to research, investigate, observe and monitor paranormal, in particularly vampires, witched spirits and werewolves. She never actually wrote a book directly about them. They were just mentioned and in the periphery of a number of the novels. So I think creating this as a sort of original series is quite an interesting sort of idea because I think there is quite a lot of scope to do that, to sort of almost have a kind of detective thing in there with the others. I haven't watched Mayfair Witches, actually, but I have watched Interview with the Vampire. Did you catch any of these? I haven't, no. Again, I heard some great things about Interview with the Vampire. It sort of missed me. I think when it came out, I was, what, eight or ten, so I never really watched the film. And so when it came to BBC as this series, not, it didn't really drive me. I've not been a huge vampire fan. I like the BBC take on Dracula, but no, it wasn't my sort of thing. I would urge you to go and try an episode of that out, because it is really well done. It made some alterations from the novel, but it does it in a really nice and interesting way. And it also differentiates it from the film. Uh, mm. They changed the timing and the settings and a little bit. And uh, I, I really like what they did with that. I found it very, very enjoyable. So I'm very interested to see the second season of it. And uh, I do want to go and catch the Mayfair Witches, although a lot of people have commented that that is nowhere near as good as the Interview with the Vampire series. But... Speaking of those two, Interview, they announced some season two casting. David Constable, you'll know from Breaking Bad, Million Suits and a million other things, a fantastic actor, has joined the cast in a guest role for the second season. He's going to play Leonard, a seasoned TV personality who has a run-in with Malloy, who is the interviewer in the thing. Recurring guest star this season includes Roxanne Duran, who was in Riviera and the White Ribbon, as Madeline and Bailey Gill from Sherwood and Slow Horses as Real Rashid. They're joining the return cast of Jacob Anderson who plays Louis Sam Reed who plays Lestat Eric Borston who plays Malloy Asan Zaman who plays Armand and Delaney Hayes from Too Close and Holby City who's taking over the role of Claudia from Bailey Bass we've never been given an actual reason for why Bailey Bass has left the role it seems to be fairly amicable should be noted she's in the second third and fourth Avatar films so I do wonder if maybe there's a scheduling clash there possibly if that's the reason or whether there was something else going on I honestly don't know but she is now being replaced for a new actress also new for season two is Ben Daniels who you know from things like Foundation and The Crown he's playing Santiago in the second season as well so that's all the casting for that Mayfair Witches season two casting Alicia Gerald's from Fatal Attraction and This Is The Year joins the cast as series regular as Moira Mayfair who is Ronan Fielding's cousin and a mind reader who blames the family and Lasher for the death of her sister Tessa Ted Levine from Big Sky and Tiny Beautiful Things takes a reoccurring guest star role as Julian Mayfair, Cortland's father, a master manipulator and diabolical presence that haunts the family. And Thora Birch from uh, American Beauty, Hocus Pocus, Walking Dead appears in a guest starring role as Guilford Mayfair, a self-deprecating tarot card reader and wannabe bohemian who lately spends a lot of time at her lake house. That's the stuff for the Immortal Universe. As I say, worth going to check out interview. I haven't looked at Mayfair Witches yet, but I do want to catch up on that. And I think the intro is a sort of interesting third season you can do a sort of x-filey type thing with it i think possibly with that over on prime video they've ordered uh speaking of the coburn family they've ordered lazarus from holland coburn and danny brocklehurst this is the people that are behind all the big netflix shows the uh, things like for me once unlike the netflix shows which are based on holland coburn's novels this is based on original story from holland coburn and danny brocklehurst danny brocklehurst of course as well as being behind all these is the person behind Brad 
erratic as well. Lazarus follows a man who returns home after his father's suicide and begins to have disturbing experiences he can't explain. He quickly becomes entangled in a series of cold case murders as he grapples with the mystery of his father's death and his sister's murder 25 years ago. They've cast Sam Caflin from Daisy Jones' The Six, who is also a Zet producer. He's been cast as Laz, a well-respected forensic pathologist who has spent his whole life running from the pain of his past. It is only now when he returns home that he's forced to finally face up to it. Bill Nye is in there as well as Dr. Lazarus, a psychologist and father to Laz, Jenna and Sutton, a beloved figure within his community. He shares his son's charm, dry humour and charisma. In death, he wants his son to understand that they are more similar than Laz thinks. And Alexandra Roach from Killing Eve has been cast as Jenna Lazarus. Since her sister's murder, Jenna has buried herself in a world of spiritual practice. And now when her brother returns home and starts experiencing unexplained phenomena, she's forced to confront secrets from her own past. So those are the three sort of main casts that have been announced so far. It's called Lazarus. Don't know when that's dropping, but uh, I mean, they've been a solid team, Harlan Coburn and Darren Brocklehurst for the Netflix shows. So it'll be interesting to see what, how this comes across as an original thing for Prime Video, I think. Any interest in this one? Yeah, with both of them, that's going to have lots of twists and turns and <laughs> like plot elements. You can already re- reveal it. And I'm sure um, some of Harlan Coben's previous actors will appear in, in roles as well. Richard Armitage will probably pop up. He's been <laughs> yeah. in most of them. Yes. Um, no, that's, that sounds like a really strong premise as well. Yeah, the fact that it's got a sort of um, psychological and paranormal thing going on in there, I think is kind of interesting. So we'll have to see when it lands. But yes, it's called Lazarus, not to be confused with the Lazarus Project, which is an entirely different show. But uh, (laughs) yes, it's called Lazarus. It's coming to Prime Video. We don't know when yet. And one last bit of news. Winona Earp has been revived for a 90-minute movie by the US streaming service Tubi. It's a scripted special, so uh, it's a full thing. It, the moment it's going by the title Winona Earp Vengeance, see Melanie Scofano back as Winona himself, Tim Rosen as Doc Holliday, Don Provost Chalkley as Waverly, Catherine Barnell as Nicole, all set to return, as long with some other familiar faces. Hello, Barsman who directed many of the episodes of the series is set to helm it and it's being written by the show's original creator Emily Andress so basically the whole band back together pretty much through all the team they're going to be doing a 90 minute movie for Tubi no idea where that'll land over here because we don't have Tubi in the UK so uh, hopefully somebody like Netflix or I think Sky ran it as well I think Netflix ran it for a bit and I think Sky have also run it so hopefully somebody will pick the film up over here when that gets released don't know when that's coming out i think they're shooting it in spring is the idea so it'll be later this year early next year before that lands but fans will be very happy that that is back so that's all the news we've got for this week just some highlights for next week on tv So highlights for next week. We have the return of The Daily Show, which is back on Comedy Central on the 13th of February at 11pm. And it's back with Jon Stewart at the helm. One day a week anyway. He's doing Mondays, is Jon Stewart. And then the rest of the correspondents are filling in the rest of the week. So uh, that's how they've got Jon to come back and do it. If you're a fan of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, tune in Tuesday for that. That will be Jon's day in the UK. It goes out Monday in the US. So 13th of February at 11pm for that. The Grand Tour is back with Sanjob, the next, and I think the last of their specials. I think this is the end of the Grand Tour from what they've been saying. That's going to be on Prime Video on the 16th of February. You can catch that on there. Last Leg is also back for its 30th season. That's on Channel 4 on the 16th of February at 10pm. I'm very much looking forward to that being back. Life and Beth returns, which is Amy Schumer's comedy. That's on Disney Plus on the 16th of February. Last week tonight with John Oliver also back for season 11 that's in Sky Comedy and the 19th of February at 9.45 you can catch that lots of those good comedy shows coming back The Way as we mentioned earlier 19th of February at 9pm for that on BBC One Breathtaking which is a miniseries set during the height of the Covid pandemic from Jeb Mercurio Jeb Mercurio the man that is behind Line of Duty and The Bodyguard and all those brilliant shows so Breathtaking coming 19th of February 
free to ITV for that. And Borders, which is a new coming of age comedy, follows the lives of five underprivileged black students from inner city London who win scholarships to an elite boarding school. Looks like it could be quite funny. BBC Three, 20th of February at 9pm for Borders, if you want to go and check that out. Quite a lot of stuff this week. Anything peak your interest? Yeah, definitely Last Leg, and I am interested in seeing the way, but also Borders looks a bit interesting as well. So there's three things that could possibly pique my interest at the beginning of next week. Yes, I will be back on The Daily Show, definitely watching that. Last week tonight, Last Leg, certainly. I might have a look at Breathtaking, just because it's involved in it, and uh, yeah, Mm. so that, that could be interesting. And I might take a look at Borders as well. So lots of good stuff coming up. If people want to get in touch with you throughout the week, where can they find you? They can follow me over on X at Grey the Geek, um, or they can follow me on other social media at Grey Panton. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Instagram. Mainly me running, um, if you want to watch any of my running stuff. <laughs> yes, so go and check Grey out running on, on those uh, different platforms. Bex, of course, as we mentioned before, is still on hiatus, so you can't go and see her on Twitch. She's uh, not up there right now, but hopefully she will be back at some point in the future. Matt, you can find it at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. Uh, just the Man U podcast and uh, gaming talk and lots of other things going on over there. And Daryl, you can go and check out hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on Blue Sky at geektown, on Instagram at geektown UK, TikTok at geektown UK, and threads at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.